I'm not getting any indication that we're going out. Hello? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Seven o'clock on a Saturday night. And as usual, that means it's time for the other podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stacy McCain. And I'm not. Hello, folks. It's John Hogue, the other guy on the other podcast here, and live and direct from exotic Valdosta. How are you doing, Diana? I'm good. I'm very good. Okay. Now, how are things in, in uh, beautiful Valdosta? Uh, unbelievably beautiful. Um, and uh, good things happened this week. Um, I know you've got a crime report for us, but <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I, no, I haven't. That's, could, could, could you give us some good news from Valdosta for a change? Yeah. Then I sure can. During uh, yesterday's uh, Day of Caring, sponsored by the United Way. We had um, a couple of classrooms of small children, mostly all pretty much all girls, um, at Living Bridges, and I uh, I had a lot of help handing out senior lunches, and the little ones uh, competed for who could have the clipboard and check people in, and who was handing out meals, and who was handing out snack backs, and who was handing out water. It was beyond cute and very sweet, and it was really wonderful and. We fed 40 people yesterday. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Truly good. Uh, it is. You can find my good friend John Hogue's <laughs> blogging at <laughs> hoguewash.com. And by the way, Stacy's been known to blog at theothermccain.com mm -hmm. and at other fine spots around the interwebs. Diana, have you got anything uh, up at your blog recently? Uh, we were, okay, I would have had, but I was down all day. <laughs> Uh -huh. Um, so I am, I still don't know why I was down, but I was. And, um, when I figure it out, I do have a couple things I want to comment on. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. Well, let's say she rant about football. Let's we'll talk about to, football. And yes. then we'll get to the real stuff. It's third Saturday. And <laughs> at, at the important game of the evening kicks yeah. off in about a half hour. And right now the odds are 19 to 1 in favor of Ole Miss to beat uh, uh, Vanderbilt. <laughs> it's third Saturday, as I say. The third Saturday in October. The traditional... Uh, Tennessee-Alabama game, and of course, number 11, Alabama, after scaring the holy crap out of us in the first half, came roaring back uh, in the second half, and with uh, about a minute left in the game, they lead by two touchdowns, 34-20 to 20, uh, Which is this, that's the score where I looked at almost an hour ago when they were mm. just starting the, uh, you know, so yeah. that it's must have, it must have been an interesting fourth quarter or, or a boring one, one of the way or the other. Also in the fourth quarter, uh, Iowa, ranked number 24th, uh, is losing uh, to unranked Minnesota uh, 12 to 10. Minnesota mm. leads it. Uh, with a minute 21 to play, and Iowa has the ball, so perhaps the Hawkeyes can come back there. Uh, in Houston, 
Hmm. Uh, it's tied with number eight Texas uh, and and the home team Houston Cougars. It's twenty four to twenty four. Texas has the ball, and uh, they're within field goal range. They just got a first down. Oh, excuse me, at the Houston eighteen. Uh, meanwhile, uh, they have just kicked off in Chapel Hill. Uh, where uh, number 10th ranked uh, North Carolina Tar Heels are tied uh, with the unranked Virginia Cavaliers. It's 7-7 uh, seven seven there in the first quarter. Uh, I will, uh, let's see, earlier today, uh, after, uh, again, after another scare, uh, uh, Ohio State uh, ranked number 3 uh, managed to hold off uh, Penn State in Columbus. Uh, the Buckeyes won 20 to 12. Uh, Oklahoma also got a scare at home in Norman. Uh, Oklahoma held off uh, the University of Central Florida 31 to 29. Air Force defeated the Navy 17 to 6. Uh, number ninth ranked Oregon defeated Washington State 38 to 24. Uh, we've it's now final 34 to 20 uh, Alabama over Tennessee. Uh, let's see number 20 Missouri uh, defeated uh, South Carolina 34 to 12. And the Tulane Green Wave. You know who's who was an alumnus of Tulane, don't you? I know several people who were alumnus of Tulane. You're probably thinking Breitbart, though. Andrew Breitbart was yeah. a Tulane alumnus. Uh, yeah, and the uh, Green Wave defeated North Texas, uh, thirty-five to twenty-eight. Tulane's ranked. You know an alum. You know an alum uh, alumnus of North Texas. Aaron Walker graduated from there with with a 4.0 average in his history degree. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Well, yeah, well, that, that probably is one of the reasons why he got into Yale for law school. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, in 30 minutes, uh, there's going to be uh, more games kicking off, and I'll be particularly <coughs> watching Duke mm -hmm. versus Florida State. So we'll uh, uh, see. He's going to be smart enough not to waste his time on Vanderbilt moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You, you're the only person, uh, perhaps, except for the mothers, perhaps, of the, uh, of the uh, uh, Vanderbilt players. You're the only person who cares about Vanderbilt football. Well, I care. I care about lots of stuff, which is why I put this one thing in. It's kind of out of order, but it was the post I did right before I drove over here. Uh, it's called Orwell Redo. And um, basically, uh, the L.A. Times has a book review up now, uh, and the he it, it's headlined, A Feminist Take on Orwell's 1984, which, by the way, they managed to misspell the title of the book, uh, uh, reads, uh, like the original, only better. Oh, for... <laughs> You know, I mean, it's uh, it's spelled out 1984 in mm. like, in words, and not 1984 as numerals. Anyway, my whole comment on the, this whole situation is Emmanuel Goldstein was unavailable for comment. <laughs> However, there's a whole bunch of other things that uh, have been going on this week that have 
been the results of various kinds of investigations. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, we should be following the money. And boy, is there money to you're follow. Talking o- you're talking over it. Oh. I'll... I'll, I'll <laughs> the that sound was, bite, yes. Yeah, the sound, it was a sound bite from all the presidents met with Hal Holbrook. But the last part got out. Just follow the money. Uh, and uh, I had a post up entitled Follow the Money yesterday evening. It starts off with a picture of a check that had been uh, posted by the House Oversight Committee. And it, it's uh, from March 1st, 2018. Joseph R. <laughs> Biden uh, Jr. is the uh, payee. Uh, and uh, it's for $200,000. It's from his brother, allegedly for a loan repayment. And if you click on the, uh, you click on the link uh, that I have in my post, and it will take you uh, to uh, the uh, House Oversight Committee's uh, press release on what was going on, which apparently Stacy did, and he has <laughs> a, a more detailed post about the matter. Yes, uh, House... Uh, the uh, Oversight Committee Chairman, James Comer, a Republican from Kentucky, uh, announced Friday, and I don't know why they're burying this on a Friday. You never release news on a Friday, but that's okay. <clears throat> uh, he announced uh, that the committee had obtained bank records revealing a $200,000 direct payment from James and Sarah Biden to Joe Biden in the form of a personal check, this matters. Uh, in September, uh, Chairman Comer issued three subpoenas for Hunter and James Biden's personal and business bank records. In 2018, James Biden received $600,000 in loans uh-huh. Uh, from AmeriCorps, that's AmeriCorps, C-O-R-E, a financially distressed and failing rural hospital operator. According to bankruptcy court documents, yes, it eventually went bankrupt, the uh, hotel. Big surprise the, uh, Hospital uh, company. Yeah. Anyway. James Biden received these loans, quote unquote, based upon representations that his last name Biden could open doors and that he could obtain a large investment from the Middle East based on his uh, political connections, end quote. Okay, so understand this comes from a bankruptcy court proceeding, okay, and you can't lie on bankruptcy court proceedings, right? Okay. Well, if you do, it's a federal court. Yeah, yeah. And you lose. (laughs) uh, Yeah, yeah. And so, so anyway, so uh, according to the, the, this bankrupt uh, hospital um, company, healthcare company, Hmm. um, they paid, while they were going bankrupt, they right. paid six hundred thousand dollars to Joe Biden's brother, mm. uh, with the idea that he was going to get them some money from the Middle uh, East. Okay, yeah, and, right. and so they're explaining what happened to that six hundred thousand dollars. You see, well, well, I mean, you just have to, uh, you just have to follow uh, Deep Throat's advice. 
Anyways, but the, the point being that uh, he sent a third of this uh, to Joe Biden. Now, if somebody gives you a loan, mm -hmm. not expecting repayment, in other words, they're caught, they're giving you the money and calling it a loan. Okay. For the purposes of taxes. Yeah, but a forgiven loan is taxable. Yes. Right, right, right. Okay. And so, so the point is, is that what this looks like, and I'm just saying, what this looks like is a conspiracy for money laundering and tax evasion. Okay. This is, this is fraud. Okay. Straight up fraud. Mm -hmm. uh, and but it's weird. I noticed that none of the networks even mentioned this. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, including CNN, speaking of sound cues. Well, that was for the next story, but since you mentioned them, I'll just hit the button right now and we'll do it. Okay. Now how come it, it's not playing? Oh, I hate it when it's Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, whenever you're in hold trouble. On, hold on a second. It, it should be playing. As a matter of fact, it was rolling, so I don't know what is going. Oh, there we go. Here's the problem. No, <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Uh, uh, we may, we're not getting we anything jump, off this. We jumped the schedule is what just happened. Yeah. You were supposed, you were yeah. supposed to talk about a different corrupt, uh, political environment, Louisiana. Ah. Hoo -hoo. Oh, oh, okay. Well, but I, I will go ahead. Do you want me to go ahead and do, uh, No, go ahead. You mentioned CNN. So I hit the button. You'll mention, we'll mention them again throughout yeah, okay. the evening. We so may hear, by the way, the reason we, uh, <laughs> The, the reason we, uh, whenever CNN is mentioned, we play the Paw Patrol theme is because... Uh, Paw uh, Patrol beats them in the ratings. Right. <laughs> uh, the, the obscure... Canadian. Uh, yeah, the obscure channel that nobody watches. Meanwhile, in Louisiana, Republicans scored a major victory uh, this week as uh, Attorney General Jeff Landry, a Republican... Yeah backed by former President Donald Trump, won the Louisiana governor's race, holding off a crowded field of candidates. The win is a major victory for the GOP as they reclaim the governor's mansion for the first time in eight years. Now, I explained that uh, Louisiana has a so-called jungle primary with all the candidates from every party or no party. Uh, running on the same ballot. And what this usually results in Awful. is a runoff. 
And unless and, somebody and, gets 50% plus a vote. Right. But this time Landry got 52% to win outright. That's a rarity. I want you to know, uh, for any, for an, uh, anyone except an incumbent to get 50% in that primary. Or a Democrat running in the jungle primaries uh, in California. In California. Yes, look at uh, I can look at uh, Kamala Harris's record. Anyway, she so should his, never have been elected. Never mind. Uh, Landry's nearest Democratic rival got twenty six percent, while four other GOP candidates split thirteen percent of the votes between them. So, in other words, this was about a two to one landslide for the Republicans. Mm -hmm. And this has been widely watched as a bellwether, okay, uh, for the you know this this one and the uh, uh, Kentucky governor's race uh, are are being watched as a bellwether of what to expect in twenty twenty four, and so the win in Louisiana, although it's the deep south, right, uh, mm. it's it's not uh, it's not so red. As Mississippi, for example, or or Texas, so so a win here uh, really matters, and so uh, we're just about uh, three weeks away uh, from from the uh, Kentucky election, and that'll really tell us which way the political. Well, the Virginia are elections this year will be interesting as well. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. Uh, Anyway, uh, well, it's not the governor isn't up, but uh, the House and a big chunk of the state Senate are, are so House of Delegates. Oh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, meanwhile, speaking of houses uh, uh, <laughs> that are, uh, are, are, are uh, political in nature, uh, the I, Politico early this week had a uh, had a article up the search. Uh, as Jordan wobbles the House GOPI's potential next uh, speaker oh, candidates, I had a post called The Search for a Speaker Slogs Onward, and it has through the weekend. I'm not going to talk about that. Um, but uh, there is a requirement that uh, the speaker, there's no actually no requirement that the speaker be a member of Congress. He's whoever the House elects. Right. And or sheep or it, I suppose yeah. these days. Anyway, I so at this point, I just since there could, they could let's elect up. a golden retriever. That's it'd be make as much sense as anything else. I think it would uh, it would raise the IQ too much. Anyway, the uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I I basically had my my post up because since they could consider an outside person to be the speaker, I wanted to go on record a record that. If nominated, I won't run, and if elected, I won't serve because I've got much more productive things to do with what little time I've got left. So, so I'm done with that. Meanwhile, uh, uh, some CNN commentator Adam Kinzinger is never mind. Yeah, see, I said yes, My headline um, uh, earlier this was week quite was, correct. Anything that makes Adam Kinzinger happy is objectively bad for America. Uh, some of y'all remember Adam Kinzinger. Um, I wish I could forget. Yeah, well, you know, the weird damn thing about it is that back in 2010, uh, 
Ace of Spades was raising money for him. I was promoting his camp. It was the Tea Party year, you remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that son of a bitch got a case of Donald Trump syndrome and can't get over it. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, but fortunately for us, the uh, Democrats who run the Illinois state legislature did us a favor uh, when redrawing their uh, uh, congressional districts uh, last year. Uh, they lost uh, a seat and they got rid of him. Yeah, yeah. They Thank consolidated God. two districts so he would have had to run against an actual Republican. And he immediately, uh, as soon as the district map was finalized, uh, he announced his retirement and said that he was joining CNN. Okay. A network that Paw no Patrol, one watches. Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Yes. Uh, CNN. And so here's the the news story from um, uh, uh, Breitbart.com. CNN commentator Adam Kinzinger said Tuesday on CNN's News Central that he was very proud of the 20 Republicans who voted against Jim Jordan for speaker. Kinzinger said... I'm impressed that there's 20. I was worried this morning because a lot of the hard opposition to Jordan had been capitulating in the last 24 hours. Uh, anyways, it goes on. Uh, and and so here's... Anyways, Kinzinger is just obsessed with, for example, Ukraine funding. Uh, anyways, and so... Quote, this is Kinzinger again. The easiest thing to do if you're a Republican is to vote for Jim Jordan the first time and go away the second time. I think you could even see more peel away on the second round or he consolidates. Who really knows? I think it's going to be very hard for him to become speaker. That doesn't mean they're not going to use blistering pressure on Fox News, Newsmax, OAN, to activate the base to scare the crap out of these people. There's a lot of brave people in there, in those 20. I am very proud of them today. And so the fact that Kinzinger uh, considers the anti-Jordan GOP congressman to be brave people means that they are all knaves and fools and the fact that Kinzinger hates Jim Jordan means that Jordan must be okay. See, whatever Adam, Adam Kinzinger said, the opposite is always true. Always. Well, yeah, there are people like that in the media. Consider Paul Krugman. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> He's as bad as Jim Kramer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh. But, but no, uh, what's going on here is that... Uh, and, you know, uh, the votes against Jordan, Jordan was endorsed by Trump. The votes against Jordan are coming from districts that went overwhelmingly for Trump. They, in other words, these congressmen are thwarting the will of their own voters. Well, but, but that, that maybe, maybe not. It may be that they weren't vote, voting for Trump. Maybe they were voting against Biden. That's or, what I, no, because that, I don't that's think what, uh, that's what I did. Little as I personally like Trump, personally, I loved his policies. 
and I was gonna I if there had been broken glass I had to crawl over um, I'd have wrapped my hands in my t-shirt and crawled over it well see, um, to I, vote for him well I'm a two-issue voter and he was not good on at least one of mine He's uh, not great. He's not great on everything, but yeah, you he's, know, ter he's terrible on, for example, on the Second Amendment. Yes, he is. But we, but on the other judges. hand, judges, John. Yeah. Well, except I and, have and no confidence in 2016 on that point. Right. Well, I, look. Given that I did, I voted against Hillary Clinton to no. keep her. Because because I did not want Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court, and I voted uh, for Joe right. Biden because I didn't want Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, we wound up with him as Attorney General. But the point is, is that oh uh, lord, you know, uh, I, I in order to vote against uh, Biden, I had to vote for uh, Trump. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work any other way. It's just, you know, no, I mean, the math doesn't work out any other way. And speaking of math, it's a few minutes early, but Stacy, uh, let's talk about the yellow button because that subject will lead in very well to our next. Yeah. Okay, then. Well, uh, folks, if you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com, uh, you will notice in near the top of the center column, a yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute dollars, pesos, euros, shekels, yen, any currency you want except Russian rubles. Um, uh, you can contribute through PayPal to help support uh, the blog. Uh, to help support uh, the podcast and, of course, to make my wife happy because she likes it when I make money off of this ridiculous endeavor. And, uh, and uh, uh, making my wife happy is, of course, job number one. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hogue's blog, hogwash.com, I don't have a yellow button. Uh, the way you get to my PayPal account is to click on the icon of a tip jar. Get the idea, hit the tip jar. Uh, click on the mm -hmm. idea of the tip jar that's over in the uh, sidebar on the right, or you can use uh, the uh, uh, icon that will take you off to the Hogwash store to do shopping there. That will help support the love. Or you can use the shopping links from Amazon that you'll find on Hogwash and actually uh, theothermccain.com. Uh, both blogs uh, participate in the Amazon affiliate program. When you use a blogger's Amazon affiliate link, you wind up uh, giving the blogger a small cut of the action. It's something nice that uh, Amazon has done to support the blogosphere. Regardless of how you choose to support us, please keep this in mind. The five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Now, you know, there are a lot of people who blog who uh, basically, mm. we've got a day job. I'm one of those people. <laughs> uh, and I, I I, could probably run it as a hobby if I wanted to, but I like running it as a business. It's kind of nice to have, have to put a small amount of money down on a Schedule C uh, when mm. I file my taxes to the IRS. There are a lot of other bloggers like me who, uh, but they're running much bigger blog operations, and they really do have to run a business, even though they've got a day job. And one of those is our friend, Glenn Reynolds, who is known as mm -hmm. the blog father. 
And he <laughs> can use your help right now, folks. Yeah, Professor Glenn Reynolds, a.k.a. Instapundit, uh, revealed the censorship uh, that he has mm. experienced. And it says this, uh, that people were complaining about the ads, the new ads on the page. said, sorry, the problem is that Instapundit has been demonetized by Google for unspecified dangerous content. Uh, between the overall trend of ad revenue decline, which hits everyone, and the trend of cutting advertising to right-leaning sites, and now mm -hmm. this, ad revenue is down about 90% from its high, I'd estimate, and it may get worse. The Amazon revenue, which you, we've been phasing out anyway, is similar. At some point, I'll probably have to go to some sort of subscription model um, and, or a purely donation-supported model. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the blog, you can donate via Stripe or subscribe to my Substack. It's all much appreciated. And as I said, the weird thing is that back in the day, the first decade of the 21st century, when blogging was invented, uh, the people running Silicon Valley were, if not conservative, uh, certainly libertarian in their general attitude. Companies like Google, Amazon, and PayPal were run by people with the plainly capitalist goal of getting rich, and so they were inclined to support advocacy of free enterprise, deregulation, lower taxes, etc. And so where did this uh, demonetization, this it, it, demonetization is just censorship uh, by any other means. Okay, now, now you or I might say that, um, uh, you know, we might wish that the Communist Party uh, or demonetize, or, or well, some of these other things. Well, we'd wish that people would stop giving them money. Yes. <laughs> well, but Stacy, I remember. I remember uh, when the ads went away at uh, at uh, the other McCain, and yeah, and and I saw this sort of stuff happening to people. And as I was starting my blogging, I made the the I made the ch choice to to run ad-free except for ads that I was posting for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so if I put up an Amazon ad, it's uh, because I'm in, uh, in a link, it's because I'm in control of it. But I can understand, you know, I can understand the other people who started their business models, you know, relying on this. And now, yeah, they're, it's a form of cens censoring them. Yes. And, and the mm -hmm. reason the, what happened uh, to the why the left wing takeover of big tech, as we now call it, or uh, Silicon Valley? Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was that has to do with uh, it happened during the Obama era, clearly. Mm -hmm. Okay, and um, and uh, the left uh, adopted a, a, a no holds barred approach. Uh, toward their perceived enemies. And uh, in 2011, uh, it was, God, I'm trying to think what month that was. It was either October, November of 2011. I was at a, uh, 
um, a conference in D.C. that was the uh, Americans for Prosperity mm -hmm. uh, Freedom Summit or something like that. It was a big Tea Party thing. I mean, all, all everybody you know from the Tea Party was there. Uh, but one of the Koch brothers were there. And, and if you mm. remember back here in the Tea Party era, the Koch brothers were the, were the villains. They were, they were <laughs> Trump before Trump was Trump, really. And, um, and so, so they were the demonized villains. And so this mob from the, do you remember the Occupy Wall Street? Movement? I remember the Occupists very yeah, well. The Occupists. Uh, well, for example, uh, uh, one of our, uh, Acquaintances who I would not accuse of being a friend isn't very much involved in Occupy DC. Uh, well, yes, uh, call them what they were the Occupists. They yeah. had no idea how to keep a clean camp and uh, they were disasters. Yeah, well, well anyways, I mean, so, so I'm there and I'm, I like had gone outside, you know, I had eaten my dinner. Mm -hmm. and had gone outside to enjoy a postprandial smoke. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was just kind of looking at the uh, Occupy encampment, you know, and then I <laughs> wandered back over toward the uh, uh, building. And at just that time, they decided they were going to rush the doors and break sure in they were. Uh, to confront the evil Coke brother in person. <laughs> and... Um, and, and so me and another reporter, uh, and I can't call her name right now. She was working for the Daily Caller at the time, um, Michelle Fields, uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and two innocent civilians <laughs> would get trapped up against the doors by this howling mob of angry people trying to break in. And, and it was like, like, I hate these people and they smell. Okay. Anyways, but but this ah. was oh god, they smelled awful. But anyways, of course they did. Thing. Yeah, these left-wing mobs. Anyways, but but what this is about is the heckler's veto, okay? Of, mm -hmm. of you finding some way to shut people down. And you remember the boycotts of Rush Limbaugh, oh. the boycotts of other talk radio personalities. Which uh, lasted ten seconds. Yeah, advertising boycotts, uh, launch mm -hmm. targeting the uh, Fox News advertisers and so on and so forth. This is all about uh, basically trying to make people shut up. Okay, mm -hmm. they just want to shut you down. Or when we wouldn't shut up, shutting mm -hmm. us off. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, no, I, I was I was actually one of the very first people. Uh, permanently suspended from Twitter, uh, they mm. still didn't have their stuff done right, and they realized that they had opened themselves up to a tremendous uh, liability mm. and a defamation suit. And so I was one of the few that actually got uh, his uh, account back, uh, yeah, well, rel relatively quickly. But you got, you're still suspended from Twitter, uh, as are SMK. Yeah. yeah, more than ten years by now. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Uh, uh, well, actually, I'm sorry. It's no, seven years. Yeah. This was in 2016. Yeah, you were 2016. Yeah, they, I, I'm thinking they of got, when I got banned from AdSense. But yeah, you got. But I mean, yeah, you you were one of the first that they got right and, and have made it stick. 
So, uh, and, and what, and what, and, and, and I remember when I first started writing about radical feminism, there was talk mm-hmm. of deplatforming. Okay, no platform yeah. for hate was uh, was how they did it over in England, and the uh, student, uh, the National Student Union, uh, blacklisted all kinds of people that weren't allowed. And and this is this yeah, is right. part of when the whole transgender thing came up they were banning radical feminists the turfs so-called mm-hmm. and, and so so we're people are being deep uh, um uh, deplatformed and unfortunately there are very few uh that not a lot of uh mm-hmm. independent bloggers left i mean uh you know it's not it's, many it, you know most of the people back there you know when twitter and came up people started uh, going to, uh, you know, use Twitter instead of having their own blog, which, uh, you know, I can understand that because having your own blog can be kind of a hassle sometimes. Uh, and so everybody put their content on Twitter and then Twitter started banning people, you know, so, so people became, were lured into a trap. And, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and Twitter became a choke point uh, that, you know, only recently is turning around because it's been uh, basically ha- has a new owner. But, you know, the whole thing has uh, been to control the flow of information. Uh, it, it's just basically, it's, uh, you know, we started off with Orwell. I mean, it basically, this is a 21st century uh, chance to uh, implement uh the ministry of truth. Yes, and, the thought police. Yeah, uh, many truths. But it, but but see, here's the thing: they they say, "Oh, well, you're putting out disinformation or bad opinions." Well, <laughs> oh god, there was there was just people that should be banned from Twitter. The, why is it that the blithering idiots who really should be banned from Twitter are never banned? Well, for example, I I, I had a post up earlier this week. It was when I don't know much about history posts. And uh, Nina Turner had a tweet mm. th- that read, mm-hmm. revenge doesn't bring tweet a peace. Bombs don't bring peace. Only love, empathy, and humanity can bring peace. And my, my, res- my uh, response was, the crew of Anola, the Enola Gay were unavailable for comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah, so you know, I, no, I mean, you know, yeah, violence doesn't solve anything. Well, it solved Hitler, didn't it? it well, did. it, it solved Carthage pretty damn well. Um, <laughs> you know, um, it, it, it depends, doesn't uh, that's a stupid idea that so, that violence doesn't settle anything. Um, it certainly does settle things, it's just that, um, it's who applies it most effectively who settles it. And, and of, I'm kind of done. Well, the, I, 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 one of the things that I got linked to is something to talk about this. There's a thing, uh, a, a, a piece up uh, at Real Clear uh, Politics, uh, uh, why Israel must destroy Hamas. And basically it's the, you, you, look, you're going to have to make this place look like Berlin in 1945. And and that's kind of the, the, mm-hmm. the, the minimum thing because, you know, in 1946, a Jew could walk down the street in Berlin uh, unlested, and uh, everything was uh, uh, going reasonably well. He couldn't have done it uh, two years earlier. 
Uh, and part of that had to do with the fact that Zukov came in mm. and uh, straightened mm. things out. Uh, Boy, howdy, yes. Well, I mean, and and you know, there has there has been this. The best suggestion I've heard for how to deal with Gaza is is has what's been called the Carthage solution, and it doesn't involve uh, uh, tearing everything down and, and, and sowing salt, but it does involve tearing the place down, uh, keeping uh, any uh, uh, historical uh, cultural sites that are you know worthy of preservation, things like that. Uh, but let the place go wild for three or four generations and sometime around, oh, say 2021, decide what to do with it again. Uh, maybe let the beaches be used uh, in the say, like, like uh, you know, a park or something like that. But basically, uh, just Gaza's over in terms of habited space for, for the next 75 years. And that that will solve it. But uh, I don't know that things will go that far, but I really do hope it at least gets to look, looking like Berlin in 1945. You know, it's weird that the Biden administration gives, how, how, how much did they just give to? Oh, it was uh, like a hundred million bucks or something. Yeah, yeah, uh, they give, give some incredible amount of quote unquote humanitarian aid. Uh, no, Gaza. how about not? Yeah. Uh, in other words, and, and then Biden goes over there and basically says, and, and then he gives an Oval Office speech saying, uh, trying to link Israel uh, to Ukraine. In other words, we must have Ukraine funding because of Israel or something. And, you know, it made uh, no sense at all. You know, well, and, yeah. and, I, and look, I, I'm, I want the Ukrainians to win their independence and, and to uh, 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 destroy the invaders just as much as anyone else. The question is, is, is that how are we going to pay for it? Okay. And at what cost will it be achieved? You know, and, well, and Biden wants a blank check. Well, you know, there's, there has been a suggestion. Unlike the check that was written to him by his brother, but yeah, that's a Well, the, 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 <laughs> I, I have seen a suggestion that Putin is actually trying to put, take a, a, take a play out of Reagan's uh, book. Uh, the way Reagan uh, decided that he would uh, uh, crush the Soviet Union was he'd spin them into the ground, mm -hmm. and he did with the, the with our uh, our military buildup. And uh, Putin is essentially doing the same thing right now to NATO because we've mm -hmm. all all you know we don't have ammunition stockpiles anymore because they've already been shot up, and he uh, he may be doing the same thing. Or trying to do the same thing uh, in the re in reverse that was done to the Soviet Union at, between 1980 and 1988. Mm. So we'll see, we'll see. Uh, but uh, I don't expect mm. to uh, see uh, that uh, in any of the mainstream media or anything like that, uh, because well, it's just not their style of journalism. Yeah, uh, the headline uh, Friday, and this has been a very popular post. Uh, why yeah. is KiwiFarms.net uh, harassment, but what Taylor Lorenz does is journalism? Uh, folks, if, she's if in you're a just tuning class? in, you're, you're over there in uh, somewhere foreign country where, where 
you're blessed not to be exposed to the Washington Post. I'll tell you that Taylor Lorenz is a journalist who, who no, covers the social media beat, uh, so to speak, uh, for the Washington Post. And uh, while um, stalking teenagers. Right, 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 right. Well, anyways, um, uh, I learned uh, something uh, just because, it, and it's weird how I learned it. Our previous post we discussed <coughs> about Instapundit, someone in the comments um, uh, linked to a uh, an item uh, by Kiwi Farms founder Joshua M Moon complaining that he's being uh, blacklisted uh, by payment processors. Now, you may not understand this, but there are four payment processors, okay, and the big mm -hmm. four, uh, Visa, MasterCard, um, Discover, and American Express, the big four. Mm -hmm. and, if, and if they blacklist somebody, if someone's not able to conduct transactions, mm -hmm. good luck, okay? It's bad, okay? And uh, Joshua Moon can't use an Uber, for example, uh, mm. because Uber uses PayPal and uh, Kiwi Farms got banned from PayPal and there, therefore Joshua Moon uh, is banned from PayPal and he can't use a thing. But mm. uh, we'll talk about what Kiwi Farms does. Uh, but I, I did note that Taylor Lorenz has her own thread on the Kiwi mm. Farms local uh, <laughs> forums, and um, and so, anyways, uh, just to bring people up to who Taylor Lorenz is and what she does, uh, she made herself infamous in 2018 by doxing the teenage daughters of Pamela Geller. Pamela Geller uh, used to, her blog used to be Atlas Shrugged. I think it's now just PamelaGeller.com. Uh, but anyway, uh, she's been a blogger since like forever. Okay. Mm -hmm. she's, a, she's a conservative, uh, um, uh, very, uh, very concerned about Islamic extremism uh, and is known to be a target of mm -hmm. ISIS and other uh, radical Muslim dangerous terrorists uh, mm -hmm. kill her. So by doxing her teenage daughters, okay, well, ask yourself... Putting their pictures up. Right, too. right, right, right. Uh, they were just teenagers uh, doing mm -hmm. the usual teenage stuff on Instagram. Uh, and somehow... Someone told Taylor Lorenz what, that these girls, these two teenage girls, were the daughter of Pamela Geller. And so she essentially doxed them. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, because they hadn't put their last names or whatever, or their, they, they put their father's last name and not Geller, which is their mother's name. Uh, mm -hmm. But, but so they, Nobody knew that they were Pamela Geller's daughter until uh, Taylor Lorenz uh, decided to make that story. That would be a, a and, and by the way, she was working what was working for the Daily Beast at that point. Mm. Then she got hired by the New York Times, and then she left the New York Times and, and, and joined the staff of the Washington Post. She is now and just has come out with a book. 
oh, of all things. Yeah, claiming to be a victim uh, of, well, yes. of harassment, etc. It's called sure. Extremely Online, but I don't suppose anyone would care to read it. But it dawned on me that here is Taylor Lorenz doxing people and oh, all the time. essentially harassing people, including um, children. Hayek. Children. She gets yes. her hands on. She uh, remember um, uh, the Conway child. Right, 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 right. She is, and somehow uh, or other, she was quite okay with display with uh, publicizing some sort of family drama, which was none of my affair. Well, and then when she got uh, all bent out of shape because libs of TikTok uh, <laughs> just reposted her stuff, and, and, and you know she, you know it, it, it she she said, "I'm being doxxed and being harassed because people are reposting my stuff." Nope. <laughs> Hello. Which is pretty silly because just most of us would love to see our stuff reposted. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, as I uh, said that. Uh, Kiwi Farms. Now, let me tell you what that is. KiwiFarms.net. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I put the uh, URL in my headline because guess what? You can't get to KiwiFarms.net via Google. Mm -hmm. they, they have blacklisted it to such a degree that, that you can't uh, figure out what the URL is uh, from a Google search. You can't get to KiwiFarms.net through one of my ISPs. The ISP has blocked it. Right, right. Okay, right. Comcast, Comcast, my other ISP is how I have to access it. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's insane. Anyways, but uh, KiwiFarms.net, it started out... Um, uh, that people were making fun of this person called Chris Chan. Mm -hmm. And, and that turned into a, um, that turned into a forum that in turn became Kiwi Farms. And one of the things they do is they have people called, they refer to as lol cows. And these are essentially people who cause drama one way or the other on the internet. Okay, and we're, we're, we'll talk about a couple of people we know uh, later on. But uh, but at the time of Gamergate in 2014, um, Kiwi Farms was a useful source of information because <coughs> even before uh, Gamergate happened, they had been keeping track of some of the people involved, including Zoe mm -hmm. Quinn, Oh, and yeah. uh, Zoe Quinn and also um, Anita Sarkeesian and Brianna yeah. Wu. Yes, and, and I almost forgot to mention Sarah Nyberg. Uh, well, yeah, but, but everybody's forgotten about Sarah Nyberg. Nyberg. Yeah, 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 but anyways, these people were freaks, okay? And they were always causing drama uh, one way or the other. And but But see, people will tell you that what Kiwi Farms does by keeping track of what these people are doing, that that's harassment. Well, how is what Taylor Lorenz does anything better well, uh, than what they did? Well, first of all, how is how is keeping track of something someone has done in public right. harassment? Right, right, right. Yeah. 
Yeah. If you if you want something to be secret, don't do it in public. Yeah, whatever. That's you do, certainly yeah. don't do it online. Yeah. Now, so I wrote a, a very long post, which I hope that you will go to theothermccain.com and read. But whatever you do, don't click that link. Uh, <laughs> Jessica, <laughs> I uh, mm. There's not enough eye bleach on the planet. I'm, I'm, consider <laughs> yourself warm. But anyways, Taylor mm. Lorenz claims she's doing journalism. Okay. And yet, look at what's happening to Kiwi Farms, uh, you know, because, oh, they're engaged in harassment. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, sure. the, folks, go off to theothercane.com read the thing, then scroll down into the comments and you'll find two comments from me. One of them get, will give you the uh, URL of the Kiwi Farms thread for Bill Smallfelt, and the other will give Ooh. you the thread for Neil Rauhauser. They have a lot of Neil Rauhauser, by the way. Oh, yeah. And Neil Rauhauser is a perfect example of... Oh, yeah. Of someone that most people have never heard of, but but mm. if but if you ever cross his path, if he ever decides you're some kind of enemy, that guy can. I mean, I mean, I during the whole, he can stir up trouble. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's he is good known at trouble for stirring up trouble. The problem is, is that he tries to do it with all these sock puppet accounts and everything like that. But his opsec, mm. his operational security, is never good enough because he. One of the problems is that Neil loves to brag about his mm. exploits, and so. Uh, and so this uh, exposes him as the uh, sinister brain behind so much of the wickedness. Uh, well, that he did, he he actually was the uh, the 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 original mm-hmm. brain power uh, around devising the uh, uh, pro se lawfare uh, 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 grift that. Uh, uh, was was attempted with us, uh, the two of us is among the 40 some odd uh, victims of uh, uh, bogus uh. lawsuits by uh, Brett Kimberlin. Now, Brett Kimberlin uh. is a convicted perjurer, drug smuggler, mm-hmm. and serial bomber. Yes. And, and he claims that he was wrongfully convicted of a, and this he is a quote, a quote, a series of 1978 offenses of which he is totally innocent, unquote. Now, what he's he's been doing various attempts to overturn his speedway bombing convictions, and uh, just this January, uh, his uh, uh, appeal on one of the cases that he was trying to make was uh, rejected by uh, the Supreme Court. They said no, you would, no writ of certiorari for you. So. Um, He's, it turned out I missed one of the cases he had filed uh, in Indianapolis about this. It's been going on since 2021. And uh, this summer, uh, the uh, Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals uh, agreed with the uh, district court that uh, uh, basically uh, uh, there was no there there in this uh, mm. attempt. And uh, he is now a uh, Brett Kimberlin has now gone to the Supreme Court and he's filed okay. for a, an ex- extension of he's ex- filed for an extension of time till the end of this month to file for a writ of certiorari, uh, and that was granted. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, so I'm going to be keeping an eye okay. on that. I'll be keeping an eye on that. Stay tuned at Hogwash for the Team Cumberland Post. Oh, I will be. The, the, but uh, there's a paragraph in his application uh, for the extension of time uh, that the, it's the first paragraph, and it really caught my eye. Petitioner was out of the country for much of the summer. He is proceeding pro se as a paid petitioner because he cannot afford an attorney. However, he is actively seeking out pro bono counsel. And then I'm going, could he afford to be out of the country for an extended period of time, but he can't afford a lawyer? That doesn't make any sense. Really? Yeah. Uh, And he's actively seeking pro bono counsel. Does that mean that he's worn out his welcome with the white shoe law firm that handled his last petition for certiorari? So I'm I'm kind of. That's not a surprise. I'm kind of like at the hmm level for this. But Mm. before we get to the end of all things here, (laughs) that's a terrible pun for what's coming. Mm. Uh, uh, the are you pondering uh, what I'm pondering for today was, I think so, Brain. Tonight is International Observe the Moon Night, but who should we moon? Uh, I miss Keith. <laughs> Stacy, crazy people are dangerous. Crazy yep. people are dangerous. And uh, this week I, I, I featured a, a crazy and very dangerous person. Uh, on what I call the Violence Against Women update. Now, you know that feminists uh, are, are all about vi- stopping violence against women. They, they, they're they uh, very, the patriarchy is... Uh, uh, is Institutionalizes violence against women, yeah. We thank know. you, thank you. That's exactly, that's exactly... Although that's content. not true at all. But yeah, never mind. Well, anyways, it's the damn patriarchy. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, so so this week we uh, featured a character named Herman Brightman, also known as Nazir Griffiths. Okay, and uh, yeah, right. And making the point that online dating is for losers, as I've said over and over again, but it's also dangerous because you never know who you're going to meet. Uh, that way, uh, especially if you're in New York City. Uh, and now I quote from, dun, 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 I think this is the, the Daily Mail. Hang on, mm. check. Yes, I used, I had to use a, uh, a special link to get past the uh, um, uh, paywall. But anyways, okay. Mm. The New York Daily Mail. An accused serial predator who met his victims on the popular dating app Hinge was behind bars Tuesday after threatening to carve up a terrified girlfriend with a knife in her queen's apartment. Uh, Herman Brightman, 30, was held uh, following his arraignment in Queen's Criminal Court on a seven-count indictment. He is accused of menacing the 28-year-old woman during a chilling August 7th attack following a quarrel at her home, authorities said, as the defendant stood mutely in a beige sweatshirt and a COVID mask. A five foot nine, 220 pounds. Uh, uh, yes, Brightman also goes by the name Nazir Griffin. Uh, according to uh, uh, the uh, uh, indictment, he climbed on top of a woman poked her with the tip of his 
the knife and placed his hands over her mouth before threatening her life. Uh, he, he threatened essentially to gut her, uh, quote, unquote. Mm -hmm. And, um, and um, anyways, uh, he asked her, uh, asked the woman which part of her body she wanted him to cut first. He taped her mouth shut, bound her wrists behind her back, and ordered her to sit in a corner of the room. Uh, this was originally charged only as a misdemeanor. Um, anyways, uh, but... Uh, um, it's uh, got to be at least assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you think? Yeah, uh, he, had, he, done, he has apparently uh, done this to other women, including uh, one ex-girlfriend that he repeatedly punched in the head and uh. poked her until she lost consciousness. Uh, he said to her, kneel down. You ever been beat before? This is a night you will never forget. You are not going to make it alive, out alive tonight. And um, mm. I included uh, Herman Breitman's uh, uh, mugshot. And oh. somehow I think that his crime is not going to be featured on CNN, nor will the feminists say a word about it for some reason. Well, yeah. Perhaps it's because he's not a Trump voter. Yeah, I think he's not a Trump voter. I, I'm going to just guess that. But meanwhile, I hear the boogie woogie in the background that tells us uh, we are approaching the end of the other podcast. And so uh, we will be back next Saturday night, same time, 7 p.m. Eastern, for another delightful episode. And I'm going to thank you. Uh, for joining us, Diana. Anytime. Good night, Diana. Good night, Stacy. Good, Good night. night. See you Good later, folks. See Bye. <laughs>